don't know if I want to touch a Saiyan beard. Because Why would you this... want to touch a Saiyan with a beard? I mean, come on, it's majestic. Look at my beard. I Yes, but you're not a Saiyan. And I don't mean that as, a, as an insult, but... I mean, it's a factual thing. I mean, I've, I, never, I, I, I've never seen you power up. Well, that is reasons. Maybe I just don't want... Maybe that's just something you do in the home. We don't talk about that with outsiders. <laughs> Powering up is between you and the person you're doing it to. Hey everybody, I'm Sam Bryan. I am with my co-host, Yvonne Martino, the Viking Goat. This is the second episode of our podcast where we discuss mini-games, and this is Vikings and Saints. It's amazing how much stuff was edited out of that cartoon. Like or the, into. Well, no, the Frieza saga, for example, there is stuff where they're standing there pretty much stark-ass naked. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. with with uh, with the uh, with Jinyu Force, <laughs> the Ginyu, where, yeah, the Ginyu. Where, where where you could see like where they had to put something in there because it just wasn't like I don't want to see this dude's naked ass just he's just walking around. It's it, I'm sure it's very shapely and nice, but I just don't need to see that. It's not like in the original Dragon Ball. There's plenty of naked baby Goku in that. I never really had a problem with that, mostly because of the fact I thought the the shit was hilarious and it was. The timing was good, comedy wise. Mm-hmm. But I just find it interesting. Like there, there are there were bits of it that needed to be cut out for Western consumption. But then there were like any other bits that were cut out for Western consumption or edited over, which I I can't really think of any off the top of my head. I just remember there being like bits and pieces. Like why are we even covering this? There, What's going on here? I remember that uh, this was in two thousand, mm-hmm. and this was right when. Uh, Cartoon Network's Adult Swim block was really like this is like at least in my mind this is the heyday of it and this is when they had Cowboy Bebop Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z Gundam mm-hmm. Wing um, Trigun is, I think was on here some of that was the 90s and some of it was the 2000s yeah yeah uh, but I remember because they showed this the block of the anime block the Toonami block they showed it at like 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock and then they showed it again at 10 the mm-hmm. exact same episodes. And what they would do is they would they'd make the earlier episodes, the ones earlier in the day, more palatable as far as taking out the curse words. The Dragon Ball Z stuff had all the blood edited out of it. They would like airbrushed all the blood out. And there is one specific scene I remember from Dragon Ball where it's little Goku. And I forget, it's whatever the bad guy was from the Red Ribbon Army. And he's basically sticking a rifle into Goku's mouth. Threatening to shoot him in the threatening to shoot him in the face in the head. Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. they actually had to. They did something. I think they might have just framed it out where they brought it in like super zoom, so you only saw like the top of Goku's face, so you couldn't see what was happening there. Because I can imagine that if you're seeing that as like a kid, that's got to be a little. That's not just like oh, I pointed a gun at you. This was I stuck a I stuck a double barreled rifle into your mouth. That's some that's some heavy shit. It's, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to see that. Yeah. No. That's. That was, yeah. I don't think I want to see that either. That's, that's that's a little too. You know, I don't have a problem with that being edited out in the least bit. Mostly because <clears throat> here's where I'm going with this. That's violence. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather have casual violence edited out of my TV shows, especially like cartoons that are meant for like the entire family. Mm-hmm. 
then I would have casual nudity because there there isn't this whole thing about nudity and whatever culture is making this TV show. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather have that. The casual nudity over the uh, casual violence? Because it's more of a cultural thing. Yeah, I could see that. It's like, it's like, I don't, yeah, this is what I, one of the things I like about the editing they're doing now for anime, and that is when they're doing the whole bathhouse scenes mm-hmm. or, you know, communal bath scenes, there's steam. There's not that much steam in a communal bath, in any bath where the people are like still alive. Mm-hmm. That much steam in that, that, that confined I mean, amount of steam. You're being cooked. You're being cooked. But at the same time, like there's this artful wisp of steam covering bits and pieces of people. And back in like the 90s or early in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, they'd probably just, they'd either not bother editing that, editing mm-hmm. over that, they'd cut the scenes out, or mm-hmm. they'd haphazardly drop bad bathing suits on these characters. Yeah, it was really obvious that it's like, that's not supposed to be there. Yeah, like this is, they hired subpar. But they hired someone. I wouldn't even call them subpar, but they just didn't give them the time or the or, or the yeah. resources to do it right the first time around. Just I can imagine so that's got to be pretty hard to do too, right? Just to throw. It's... Sorry about that. <laughs> I forgot to get my phone. I don't know. I I I do not draw. I do not know. They, well, I, I mean, know. It's, it's thirty frames on per second on average. Mm-hmm. Thirty images were made like like two or three seconds for a character who needs to be covered up. Mm-hmm. No big deal. I mean, that's, but usually it's like, we need this done by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. That's an entire, some episodes have like 10 minutes of, of characters just interacting, having a conversation mm-hmm. in yeah. a hot spring or something like that. And so all that has to be, has to be drawn over by the end of the day. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Just scribble, scribble, scribble. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, these days you can use computers, but mm-hmm. 90s and early 2000s that was all done by hand oh yeah but anyway this is our podcast <laughs> welcome welcome to vikings and saints and <laughs> today's tangent was saiyans with beards and i forget how we originally got on that no it was the question do saiyans grow beards and uh, yes and then we found out that vegeta's dad has a beard a van dyke a van dyke specifically yes because mm-hmm. i i always thought they were just they couldn't. I just thought they couldn't grow beards. That was just. I Maybe see some... beards being counterproductive when you're busy wailing on someone and you don't want them to grab you by the face. Yeah, but then wouldn't you think that they wouldn't? Well, no, because I don't know if they can cut their hair, right? Because it's like you wouldn't. That hair is. Grab a handful of that. Just smash your knee. You know, just you know, muay thai them. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, yeah. The argument kind of goes out the window there, doesn't it? Yeah. I, so I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, that's all no capes. You know, that's why you have no capes. It's it's a, it's a danger. <laughs> well, so, I mean, you see Bardock's dad has a mustache and there's, I don't know if it's a GT thing or if it's a later on in the Z series, but Vegeta has a mustache. Does he? Yeah. It's, it's like it's GT. Yeah, it's got to be think, GT. I, don't, cause I think he shows up in GT wearing like... Like a button-up shirt. Um, I can't, can't recall if it's a short sleeve shirt, mm-hmm. or if he's got the the uh, sleeves rolled up. Um, that matters for some people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but he's like slacks, button-up shirt, basically Vegeta dad on town, <laughs> uh, dad about town, or Vegeta dad, dad bod. <laughs> yeah, not even dad bod. It's just dad about town, Vegeta. I'm like what? You have your life is relaxed considerably, <laughs> and he's. He's got a, like a 
a pencil mustache. And, I, and not, it, not even like, I mean, it works for Vegeta. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a Magnum PI Tom Selleck thing. And it's not John Waters. But John Waters? John Waters. The director, John Waters. John Waters has a very distinct pencil mustache. And okay. Uh, oh, wait, here that, we go. It's Hang like on. a signature. It's a, it's, a, it's a signature mustache for him. But it's, it's sort of like an in-between thing there. Goku and Vegeta grow a beard. And there's a picture of Goku and Vegeta both with beards. This must have been when they came out of a hyperbolic ta- time chamber. So this has got to be super. Hyperbolic time chamber. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, I think that's what they call it. Yeah, I think... So that must have been... Yeah, because I think they went in for training. Together? Yeah, they went in there for training when... Uh, it was during Super. And it was when they were constantly going back to the future to fight Goku, uh, to fight Goku Black. So they went to the future once with Trunks to fight Goku Black. Is that and, Z? Uh Super. Super. Okay, no, yeah. I've never watched Super. Yeah, so they go to the future to fight Goku Black, which is this other creature, and it's actually really interesting. Um, and during that particular story arc, which I think is, is it the first or second season? I forget. There's like six seasons of it now. They because they break the they break the arcs up into two two seasons now. Uh, that's like, right. Yeah, uh, anime seasons aren't like half like three months or half a year or yeah. something like that. They're like, um, here's a story arc. That's a season. So the one character uh, villain in mm-hmm. this season is actually voiced by James Marsters, uh, who you might know as Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and also who played Piccolo in the god awful verge live action Dragon oh, Ball Z yeah. movie. And it's wow, a shame. A... It's a shame because he is a huge Dragon Ball fan. That is that is a full circle for him, isn't it? It Almost. is. It is. Uh, but here's the thing: it's not credited as uh, James Marsden or uh, uh, oh. as J- James Marsden. Uh, James Masters. James Marsden. Marsden. Yeah, Marsden. he's not credited as himself. Spike. Just call him Spike. Spike. He's not credited Spike. under his actual name. He credited he credited himself under a uh, under a pseudonym. Oh, for that. Well, I suppose if you realize your movie that you're in that you really wanted to be in is turning out to be a flaming pile of crap, it's a mm-hmm. good thing you do that. But as is the storyline of every Dragon Ball storyline since the beginning of time, because that's as long as it's been on, uh, you know. Before there was man in, upon the earth, there was Dragon Ball. There was Dragon Ball. Uh, and, you know, they always you get your ass kicked and you got you have to have the training sequence, right? Because that's, that's the plot of every single arc is... Oh, new bad guy. I'm going to try to fight the bad guy. I'm drastically underpowered compared to this guy. I need to go train. I need to get stronger. I need to get stronger. And so they go train somewhere. They find a new way to train. And then they come back and they usually get their ass kicked a few more times. And then eventually in the end, Goku is able to find some new level of godhood. Yeah, and ask kick and ask Hickory and w- wins the day. Well, this was you know they go to the future to fight Goku Black. They get their ass kicked, so they come back. They Vegeta and Goku both go into the hyperbolic time chamber, and they come out apparently a year later with, or a day later, right? Because it's you go in there for a day, and it's a year's gone by, and they just decided this time they were going to shave. Yeah, because I was thinking. Now I was thinking about it as you're. you're you sh- I was looking at the pictures, and you were talking about it. I do remember 
N episodes of Z, Goku's shaving before they exit the chamber. Like, you mm. don't see the beard. You see the remnants of the beard because the shaving cream is coming off. Mm. And that's the end of it. He is So clearly he is keeping it up while he's in there training Gohan. But when he trains with Vegeta, there's probably just zero time. Or they just don't give. They just don't give a crap. There's uh, that too. Yeah. It's just like, or even but... even even still, uh, Vegeta being competitive as he is, mm-hmm. it's like, I will grow a better beard than you, Kakarot. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's like, yeah, who can grow a beard faster and better? The time you spent shaving, I spent training. Oh, that's exactly what he would say too. Street. I will be five minutes better than you, Kakarot! (laughs) You fool! I think that's how the exchange would go. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, you idiot. Yeah, it's definitely a... Yeah, so Saiyans with beards. Yeah, Saiyans with beards. (laughs) But that wasn't the topic we were gonna... Well, I mean, we had that on the list, but it wasn't the point of episode two of Vikings and Saints. Here we are, 15 minutes into our podcast, or so, uh, and... Yeah, this is an important topic to discuss. I mean, it, it is. It, future generations need to know the, these things. Mm-hmm. Well, did uh, do Saiyans have beards? Can they grow beards? Can they grow beards? Do they look good? Yes. Apparently, yes. Yes. You know, but when hey, when you have those chiseled good looks, I mean, what's you know? They they come in full. They come in evenly, and it's 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 a Saiyan beard. Do they change color though when they power up? I was just gonna ask that. Yes, I saw. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you. I saw you doing the thing with the finger. It's like, yeah, that's the finger that says I have a question. And I have a thought, and I, you know, I know mm-hmm. the thoughts. That's exactly it. And I'm going to say probably yes. And here's why: mm. their eyebrows change. That's right. Their so eyebrows their change. Eyebrows oh, change. I have to think it's all of the facial hair, not just the top stuff on top. All hair follicles change color, or most people's parents or grandparents have one of these things. Do I have one of them? I do somewhere around the house. Uh, it was a fi- like a plastic fiberglass thing that spun around in a circle, had a, but looked like a palm tree. It was dumb, okay. And it had a light inside of it that sh- that had a spinning disc in it. And the disc spun around to cha- because it was not a color changing light because science didn't have those yet. <laughs> we don't know how to make color change. You could put a colored light in there, or you could put a disc with colors on it. Okay. And the light shines through the disc mm-hmm. in filaments and you have these oh one of those fiber optic trees fiber optic trees with all the yeah. colors is that what saiyan hair is it's the only reason saiyan hair is black is because they're not emitting energy at enough energy at the time hmm saiyan hair is fiber optic hmm but it would just have to be pigmented hair because when they go like super saiyan blue their skin mm-hmm. doesn't turn blue and you would think that with all the hair, think about the hair you have on your uh, arm. If that was the same, hair follicles are releasing the light. Oh, yeah. In this so, region, in the head, it's that, it's that it's that bit that feeds color into the hair. Okay. That one cell. Mm-hmm. That's where the color comes from. Ah, okay. I see. That's why it's the kyber. Hair. It's the kyber crystal of their follicle. Yeah, it's their kyber. Well, I mean, we have as mammals mm-hmm. hair coloration. Mm-hmm. The hair coloration comes from a pigment cell. Mm-hmm. The pigment cells die before the the cells that produce the hair. Okay. So that's what that's where you get white hair from. Hmm. So, my theory 
is Saiyans emit a large quantity of energy via these cells. The new question then is, does that accelerate or decelerate hair loss in male Saiyans as with progression of age? Only science can tell. Hmm. Or uh, uh, Okay, so uh, this leads to the question, can Saiyans go bald? Which we have to know. Nappa did not have hair, but was that by choice? If you ask the Team Four Star people who do the wonderful uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z abridged series, mm-hmm. uh, he manscapes. It's all intentional. Every bit of that is intentional. Ah, so we don't know. It, it may not. Male pattern baldness might not be a thing in Saiyans. It may not because of the vast amount of energy they're feeding their hair follicles. Hmm. Who knows? Hmm. I think we're going to need to do some exper- further experimentation on this in a future episode. We're gonna or we're going to have to uh, uh, send a very thoughtful letter to Akira Toriyama and ask him. Yes, which means we probably need to learn how to speak Japanese. Not really. I mean, uh... it's, there's services for that. <laughs> I have people for that, don't I? <laughs> I mean, Google Translate. It, there we it go. It sound like insane robots, but whatever. So we will, we will, have, to, we'll have to find a, a thoughtfully worded letter and and find out if we can to Akira Toriyama and find out the answer to this. We, we will track this down. We will keep you we will keep you informed as to the progress of our investigation and and our research. And we will let we will let you, our rabid fan, know that we have found an answer to this eventually. But that is not why we gathered here today Mm-mm. for our second episode of Vikings and Saints. It was actually to talk about another facet of our show here so we talked last time in our last podcast about how we're going to have guests um and how we're going to do brackets with them and we discussed some 80s toy fads that were probably not the safest or healthiest for the children of the day um but maybe you know what maybe they were because we knew how to fall down and how to open our lockers without getting concussions and apparently that is a problem with kids today i don't know it's a thing, apparently. Kids just don't know how to fall down. I don't know. Maybe a coordination thing. I mean, I didn't have great coordination. And I didn't fall down. All but you great. had the basic idea that, oh, my God, I'm falling. Let me put my hands out and try to stop me from falling face first into the ground. Uh, yeah, I mean, It doesn't mean you were successful, but you at least had the reaction. Apparently, there are kids that don't do that now at a high school level and just basically careen head first. They just go melon first into the ground. Oh, this is at high school level. Yes. This is oh, not I little thought, kids. No, like, these are children. They don't have a life. No, 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 no. These are, these are, these are. No, you, you should have, you should have taken a tumble or two by now. I think <laughs> maybe I, I don't know. This Isn't that how it works? I'm not naming names, but yes, this is a thing. But this, again, is not why we're here. That's not, <laughs> also not why we're here. here. We're talking about another facet of our show, which is building mini-games. Specifically, mini-games for tabletop consumption. Now, I think we could say there's a pretty wide definition here, right? And we have to decide whether we're going to narrow this down. Is it mini-games like bar games, like something we could just throw together and, hey, you could play this quick at a bar? Or are we saying specifically in the tabletop role-playing genre... Uh, mm-hmm. or, or a corner of the world where mm-hmm. you have a 
game master of some kind. You have players of various ilks, and you have some way to have some little game in there. Uh, example could be, uh, what was it, Giants and Halflings, and featured in the Acquisitions Incorporated C-Team game uh, run by Penny Arcade. Um, Which is an in-game gambling thing that actually happens yeah. in their in their world uh so it's, that's not right i mean that is both a mini game and a story mm-hmm. mechanical thing mm-hmm. so that's neat you could do that much uh, like but, uh the game gwent in the witcher which turned into an actual game yeah for an actual game it's which was an amazing it was the only time i actually wanted to play the mini games in the video game you see i hear that I hear that about gwent and well, Triple Triad from Final Fantasy VIII. I hear that frequently. I, think it was I hated Triple that. Triad. For some reason, I just... I don't know... I don't think I have fond memories of Final Fantasy VIII in general. But I remember, I re- vaguely remember Triple Triad and not being at all good at it. And it just... It, it had zero... For some reason, it had zero interest for me. Mm-hmm. Gwent, for some reason... And again, I'm talking decades in between playing these games... The playing playing Gwent in Witcher Three was just like I actually was like no I actually really want to sit down and spend a couple hours just playing this this card game but it was a fun mechanic and there was actually if you had the right cards and they came up you could actually almost make it undefeatable which was kind of neat but only if certain cards came up so you had to really make sure you were keeping an eye on what you had in your deck and you didn't want to have too many too expensive cards because then there was a I remember there was a drawback for that and you obviously couldn't have the underpowered cards because you would never win. And certain cars did certain things, and you—it it was just—I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I did not mind the parts of the game where I was forced to play the the Gwent game. In order, there was like a one part of the game where you had to play a game of Gwent and a Gwent tournament to progress. And yeah. it was like, no, I really wanted to play that. I wanted to win. It was, just, <laughs> it was. I just, I just felt this this urge to play it. Whereas in other games, it's like I'm playing the mini game just to get to the re- like. All right, I'll play it because you're making me. How dare you? I quit. Good day. Yeah, I'm doing this just because I have to to move into the next phase of the game. Like, I did the mini games, the uh, the Battle Royals in Final Fantasy VII, just so I could get the materia I need, so that way, or whatever item I needed, so I could get the Golden Chocobo, so I could get Knights of the Round. It was the <laughs> only reason why I did it, and suffered through all that. See, all I'm hearing right now is, Yvonne, when you finally play these games, I'm late to the game. These are aspects you're going to not enjoy but or enjoy it when have you you've so you've not played witcher 3 i've never played any of the witcher games i have never played any of the witcher games either except for witcher 3 um you don't need to play the other ones if you want to great uh witcher 3 definitely highly recommended final fantasy 7 though i think would fall under definitely in your late to the game because it came out in 96 (laughs) so it's been out for (laughs) And there's about to be a remake that eventually, yes. at some point in the next 15 years, Squaresoft will eventually, Square Enix oh, no. will eventually they, release. They put in a rela- uh, release date this uh, uh, during PAX. Oh, did they? Yes. Uh, it's sometime like a next date year. or a... Oh. No, I mean, that's all I remember. That's oh. all I remember. Is the so they actually date. gave a date. It wasn't, oh, it's going to be released in uh, Q1 of 2020, which means and that it's going to be released... Remake sometime next year yeah <laughs> listen that's how they do that though like oh it's gonna come out in q4 so really you're talking q4 of this year so you're talking about q3 next year is what you really mean so one day <laughs> one day but mini games that you yes, can do I, I, and i think the answer to the question is the latter which is mini games uh for to play 
to cause something to happen in a D&D game mm-hmm. or, or RPG or tabletop. Uh, effectively, uh, well, I, uh, there were other ones that were a good example in C-Team uh, that I enjoyed. And I'm going mm-hmm. to be quoting C-Team quite a bit because, to be perfectly honest, I haven't really watched that many other tabletop streams. Uh, I, I found... Uh, a bunch of them and I stuck them on my playlist and told mm-hmm. myself next time I get sick because I used to get sick a lot, I'll watch it. You'll note that I said I used to get sick a lot. Used to being the operative word there. I haven't been sick since I built up these these playlists. <laughs> so I've got just so much to watch. I will tell you that between the big I'm going to call them the big two. If there's a third one that's missing here, I, I'm, I'm all ears. And this is not to take away from any of the other, me, I guess, medium-sized streamers that are doing D&D. We're mm-hmm. a very small stream with Team X, so obviously we'd love to be... But you've got your big two. You've got Ack Inc., and you've got Critical Role. And Critical Role dwarfs it all, right? I mean, these this oh. is like... Yeah, that's that's Jupiter, basically. Yeah. I, wh- you enter the system, you're like, let me see the planets. I see a sun, and I see Jupiter. Whatever. Good okay, enough. Okay, random fact that I learned within the last year. The sun actually orbits around Jupiter. In a way. That... So, no, no. So get this. So hmm. it's all about it. So it's not like it actually orbits around, but here, here, it, well, it does. So the masses pull on each other. We're gonna. This is again. This is the show's all oh. about all about tangents. All right. So masses are all pulling on each other. So the way the Earth pulls on the Sun, there's the Sun doesn't move, right? But the okay. Earth, you know, is able to stay in orbit. The mass of Jupiter is so great that at that distance, it actually causes the Sun's. It causes the sun to move a little it's, bit. It's like a slight weight on the end of something that's spinning around. So it's a bit of a wobble there. I yeah, get it. So, yeah. So it's like, it's that. So you've got the center of the sun. And I'm, I'm motioning here for other people on the podcast so you can see what I'm doing here. If I've got my two points here, most of the time it's just the, 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 the sun is the center point. It doesn't move like a compass, right? And then you got everything else. But with Jupiter, it actually causes the sun to orbit it, it forces the sun to orbit uh, like it's only like a little bit it's bare but it's so massive that it's able to move the goddamn sun huh <laughs> i found so that significantly smaller than the sun it's it's fascinating to me that that it has enough mass to do that so anyway um critical role the jupiter of of ttrpg streamed games I have mm-hmm. never seen them do a mini game within the game, and I've. But again, I'm only in. I'm only about halfway through first campaign, so I don't know if there's more that maybe you know. I'm not saying that he okay. never does, but from what I've seen, it's never happened. And if you watch as many episodes uh, of C Team, they've done a few mini games. They do like two or three, two or three. A yeah, season. they did like with the uh, with the first uh, Last Stones Day. Yes. For they they had they it was sort of like an in game mini game of oh we're gonna serve things. They have the gambling one of giants and gnomes and they have the fishing one from yep. sometime or mm-hmm. another. Yeah. That Don't was quote this me. past <laughs> season. Early season three. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay, so Maybe. we're so we're saying TTRPG. Yeah, TTRPG. Okay. I mean it, I love what's called a pub game. Uh, or like a table, like a bar top game. Mm-hmm. Bar top games are great. They're fast. They're fun. Uh, they take a bit more in the way of exercise to make than something like a little mini game to play during a, a TTRPG to to solve a problem. Like how we 
figure out if you succeed at this. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, you could just do, here's a D20, figure, uh, give me a number. Skill. Yeah, give me a skill check, yeah. Give me a skill check, or just roll, odds or evens on a D6 or D4 or whatever, mm -hmm. who knows. I mean, you could do that any old day. But that's not as much fun as building a mini game to see if someone actually succeeds at it. And yeah, you can, you can use the user's skill, the character's skill abilities based on into that somehow. Mm -hmm. But like, with, was it the fishing game where you had to stack the die and if you hit the die and right, if you hit the die with the mm -hmm. die, like it was, a, it was a dexterity game. If yeah, it was actually right, a physical mini game. Yeah. Yeah. It was a physical, it was a dexterity based, uh, not dexterity as in the stat, mm. but it was, it was a dexterity game on the table. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a way for them to figure out how, how well they did at catching fish, mm -hmm. which was cool. So yeah, I, constr constructing a mini game to solve a problem of like, in our games, for example, uh, we frequently end up cooking a lot. <laughs> it is a and thing. The first few times it happened, I think we kind of threw, I'm not sure who prompted the uh, the requirement of a mini game there, but it threw, it threw everyone else there for a bit of a loop until it became a regular thing where we were cooking at least two or three times a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's happened three times this season, I think. Three times? Really? We had, well, we had uh, when you arrived at the Shadow Monastery. Yes. And Thuna cooked up a, yes. a nice thing. Then there was, I think, Dren might have made something when she revisited. At the Shadow Monastery. At the Shadow, Shadow Monastery when she was returning the egg. The, the, she was putting a fake egg back from when she stole an egg. But she um, also made something when she stole the egg. Oh, that's she made the omelet. That's right. Yeah, that's right. She made yeah. the omelet out of the egg. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then there was... Uh, well, okay, it wasn't cooking, but it was eating when we had, when uh, 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 Thunic and Drenmai were in the Shadowfell, and they stopped, yes. and they had, I forget the name of the restaurant they went to, and they had all the mushroom. It was good, too. It was a good, it was a good name. Until, it, and then, and, until, uh, until Thunic failed his last constitution check with a, with a one. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it led to some fun stuff. And then we had the barbecue competition. Which we last, just started. Which, which, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. So there, we've done four or five times this season. We tend to <laughs> some sort of food-related thing, and, and for example, the eating contest because it was an eating contest. It was a man versus food type situation. Constitution mm -hmm. checks, perfectly uh, perfect situation for that. Mm -hmm. Could there have been a mini game for that? Possibly, but it would have been tough over the internet. Mm -hmm. Mini games lend themselves very well to in-person games, unless you're trying to. Well, you know what? Let's let's use that as an example. Then we have a prime example, right? Mm -hmm. So we had the food competition, where Thunic sits down at this little mm -hmm. street side diner, takes up two three chairs because you know it's Thunic. He's, he's, he's a fearbog. He's a fearbog. He's enormous, and it was one of those, uh, yeah, where the restaurant has a deal that if you can eat whatever. You know the the man, exactly man versus food right fear bulk versus food, um, giant kin versus food, uh, where it eat the, so the way we were doing it was that uh, I think it was like as each plate came out it was just a couple constitution checks mm -hmm. uh, to see and I think as the DM I just set in my head like a number all right they need to he needs to and I think the number got the number got higher as it yeah progressively higher so the first one's like oh yeah yeah you're able to do the first 
Listen, if you ever watch someone do those food competitions, the first, like, <laughs> five, ten minutes, they're just mashing the food into their craw. I mean, they're not even... Think about it's, 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 it's not even eating. It's disgusting. Yeah. it's But then it's like... Then then it's like the biology starts to starts to catch up, right? And the biology starts saying, I'm not really as hungry as I was a few minutes ago. Now we're going to keep jamming it in, keep going, going, going. And then, so, yeah, it's going to get harder to not just slow down, stop, or reverse gears. And then, right. yeah, and then after probably about a half hour of that or whatever, you know, however long, because it's usually like about an hour for those things, for like the really big ones. It's like, all right, you get to that last one. It's like, oh, no, no, the body is saying, seriously, dude, we can't fit anything more in here. You've already got, you've got eight pounds of shit in a five pound shit sack. It is not going anywhere. And you, nope, going to keep going. And that's where it's like really hard. And the way we play in the game, Fear, uh, uh, Thumek made all of his saves. And then he decided to have dessert. Was it dessert or did he go for seconds? I want, it was. I think he had the seconds and then he went for dessert. Then it was dessert. Because I remember it was the dessert roll. It was like, do the constitution check. And it could not have been more perfect. It was right as we were running out of time for the game. And it was a natural one. It was like, oh. Yeah. So. (laughs) So, but let's take that. Let's take that situation of a food eating competition of some kind. And one way to run it is to just do constitution checks with progressively harder checks. And just say, you know, okay, describe, roll, describe, roll. How could we turn that into some kind of mini game, internet or not? Maybe live. You know, it doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. Or are we I, actually? Saying, yeah, this let's is do what it. This, I was because I don't know. Because we, I don't know. So let's just. Uh, let's, <laughs> all right, good, good try. All right. I mean, aside from constitution rules, you could do a a. Uh, it'd be fun to have a constitution rule, but there's also a. Because some of these these food these. All you can eat, not all you can eat, these man versus food mm-hmm. things. There's some aspect to it which makes it, aside from it just being a lot of food, mm-hmm. there's something about them that says there's something in here that's dangerous, possibly mm-hmm. like ghost peppers galore or something oh, like that. Yeah, uh, ghost pepper relish or something like, or there's something hidden. Like you could just basically t- do a and this goes back to roles because it could be a progressive role, mm-hmm. a, a progressive role, but with like a hidden uh, role, hmm. a, a hidden contested role, wherein it, I you might roll a d4 or d6, mm-hmm. and that that means you add that much to it, or it means you hit you hit that you hit the pepper, you found the pepper, mm. and now being let's say let's keep our example going with our with our final dnd fantasy universe uh thing would you put a ghost pepper an earth ghost pepper mm-hmm. into something like that and call it fancy probably not you toss a pepper in there or some berry or herb or whatever mm-hmm. that when when you first eat it maybe the world sparks and changes colors for a moment in your eyes <laughs> has some kind of magical effect or something. Some sort of magical effect. Something odd happens. And then that kicks in. How do you react? Hmm. That could be an entirely different game there. Yeah. Uh, But another way of doing it is doing a high-low thing. I'm thinking. Mm There's an interesting way of doing it. Uh, Taking the example of uh, the uh, contest eaters where they basically just jam whatever they have in whatever it is in their mouth and crush it and swallow it as quickly as possible how large 
of a spoonful of food are you going to take? Hmm. You say, I'm going to take, take this much. I'm going to take this much of a spoonful of food. And that you can just say, I'm going to roll a D4. That's how much food I'm going to take. And that's a one through four difficulty. I'm going to D12. I'm going to eat a D12s of the food in one bite. I'm going to just pour, put this thing in my mouth, all of it at once. Mm-hmm. Do you choke? <laughs> do you, do you, do you actually choke? Do you actually chew this and swallow? I like uh, it. Like high risk, high reward. If you ro- you could do the D6 and it's less yeah. likely that something bad will happen, but it's going to take you more D6s and you might not be able to do it. Yeah. But if you could do a D12, but... Uh, you're, it's a self-contested roll. Mm-hmm. You roll a, 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 not even a constitution check, or it could be a constitution check, or it could mm-hmm. be a skill check of some sort. But it's a self-contested role. You are looking, you are rolling your own fate and something horrible is going to happen and it's your own fault. <laughs> so, so you got me thinking about two different, two different things here that could also, as another iteration. So iteration number one is that you have to, maybe like those progressive dice, right? Where, mm-hmm. and whether it goes high to low or low to high, you could argue either one. But as you go with each round of the eating contest, you've got to roll the next die in whatever the sequence is, whether you're going up and you're going from a D12 to a D or from a D8 to a D12 or vice versa, right? Or a D10, right? It'd be D8 to D10 or vice versa. And the and it's like, it, and if you roll like a one, this bad thing happens. And the idea is that, so if you're going to go higher, right, that that last round, you're rolling a D4 where you have a very high percentage of rolling a one, whereas you start off with a D20 and you don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Or whatever you start with. So that's one, um, one iteration, iteration one A would be something akin to zombie dice. Ah, yeah. Where you where you have to you want to roll the good things. If you want to keep rolling, you've got to you know you, you so you might you might even be able to use the actual zombie dice for that you know where instead of brains it's like oh no you didn't die this round or you didn't choke or you didn't uncontrollably defecate or whatever. So that's iteration one. I guess one B iteration one C is you roll like a handful of dice and one of them, if it comes up a certain number, that's the ghost pepper. And that has effects, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where, oh, this round you get the spicy pepper. So that was like the one thing I was thinking about. The other one was more in the physical realm. If I were to take something like my phone, okay? And each round, again, I don't know, maybe there's points involved or something, but I'm trying to stack the dice on here. And each round, mm-hmm. you have to stack the dice higher and higher. And if you fail, but maybe it's based off of a constitution check. So, like, if I if I if I do my constitution check, I can roll nothing but d sixes. But if I fail the constitution check, I have to roll d fours, right, or something, or I have to stack them or whatever. So the idea is that the worse you do on your constitution roll, the harder the, the harder dice you have to stack. And if at any point they fall over. It's if any point of Jenga's on you, that's that's oh nope, you you regurgitated everything you just had. That that sounds terrible. Uh, and and then it. you can really screw with them because as it's on there, then you can start texting their phone and have the phone vibrate. Oh yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> that is terrible friend uh, zone. But yeah, that's great. I love it. Uh, like you'd have so, to limit like how big of a base you can build. It can only be like a certain size, and you know. Yeah, but uh, that being said, this is uh, here's what we're talking about when it comes to 
building a minigame. Mm-hmm. This was an intro to us building a minigame. <laughs> and that's, that's just basically what it's going to be like, is a, trying to figure something out. We, will pro- we would love for you to give us some examples of a minigame that you would like to see. Or some like, this is like a, this is a solutions looking for problems, uh, basically. <laughs> you have a problem where you, that you would like to find a solution for, we will help. Tell us. If you have a problem and you can find them. You can find them. The A team. You can hire, well, these two guys. But, oh, yeah, in this case, no. <laughs> da, 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 da. Okay, something. So I'm not going to do any more of that because that, it would be a possible copyright. TOS right? issue, yeah. Random factoid, I heard that George Pappard, who played Hannibal uh, Smith, was mm. like absolutely like horrendous to work with. Oh, I, I've heard that a lot about him. Not even just on 18, but like in general, he's there's a reason he didn't do a lot after 18 or in, or in general. He's just the worst to work with. Apparently, it was a thing where he would like sit on top of trailers and dump buckets of water on people. Like, haha, that's funny. But if you did it to him. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's mm-hmm. Dick Baggery. Mm-hmm. Dick Baggery. There's actually a really nice interview with Dwight Schultz. Someone asked him the question, and he he handled it very very well. He was like, "Yes, he was very difficult, but he was very good at these things. He was very good at the." He he's like, "Listen, he knew he was this. He knew he was a you know matinee idol kind of guy, and you know, and mm-hmm. he was very good. At, he had a good instinct for scripts, and he knew if something wasn't going to work, so he was very good at that. But yes, he was very difficult. He decided he wasn't going to work past five, and <laughs> and just and he left and you know t was like well i'm not gonna work and you know <laughs> take off and... so they had to so it was dirk benedict and dwight schultz would shoot all their stuff in the morning mm-hmm. from like get there super early do whatever stuff they could do then from nine to five they would shoot whatever they could with george Pappard, mr t and dirk benedict and dwight schultz and then at five o'clock mm-hmm. Papard was out, T was out, so then they went back and 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 Dwight Schultz and 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 Dirk Benedict would be there for another three, four, five, six hours completing whatever shots they could complete. So there's a reason why you see a lot of uh Face and Murdoch together because yeah. they were the only ones that were working a full day. Wow. <laughs> That's unprofessional. Yeah, so kids don't be a dick. <laughs> That's the takeaway. <laughs> so yep. here it is. Send us your suggestions for mini games and don't be a dick. That's yes. Be kind. Rewind. Drink water. Drink water. Hydrate. <laughs> yeah. Hydrate. hydrate. Uh, send your suggestions for either a problem you would like to solve, or we would love to hear from you and hear about a mini game that you have run because mm-hmm. that's just kind of cool. Um, and you could get in touch with either one of us at Viking Goat on Twitter or at The Saint Brian on Twitter. Make sure you, you use hashtag Vikings and Saints and to make sure that we uh, have separated it out and mm-hmm. we can see it. Um, so, okay, so we said hydrate, send us your suggestions, don't be a dick. Yes. Right. I think that's like our new sign-off. That could be the new sign-off for the podcast. Hydrate. Hydrate. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. See you next time. (laughs) Bye, guys.